0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm eddie bates sarah's away today but don't worry she will be back thanks to concordia university wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Uh, just delighted to share with you today a new series in the Lutheran Witness website, a, a new um, series from the Reverend Trevor Sutton, uh, pastor at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Hazlitt, Michigan, uh, also author of several books from CPH, including Why Should I Trust the Bible? It's a great new series looking at things that I kind of get nerded out, geeked out about uh, in terms of technology and this intersection of technology and faith. Pastor Sutton, thanks so much for being our guest today on The Coffee Hour.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So the your new series. I don't know if the the series itself has a name, but the first article in the series, "Faith and Five G," just the the title is intriguing. Uh, why? Why faith and technology? That seems to be the theme of of what's uh, looking ahead in this series.
1: Yeah, why faith and technology? I, I suppose it comes out of a personal interest of mine mm-hmm. that somehow I've just become kind of fascinated by the intersection, like you said, the intersection of technology and how it relates to our faith. And I'm pretty sure that it's one of the most powerful influences in our world today. And so I think it's incumbent upon the church and the followers of Jesus to, you know, ask critical questions about technology. Uh, Where is its value? Where might it be problematic? Uh, We need to know about this and we need to uh, explore it from a biblical perspective.
0: How would you describe our collective relationship with technology?
1: Yeah, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated to uh, to use the language of Facebook. It's complicated. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been wrestling with this for the past, you know, maybe five or six years, writing about it and uh, doing graduate work in this area and, and things like that. And I think as of late, one thing that that has become clear to me is if we're going to talk about technology, We've got to make sure we use the language of scripture to do it, uh, that we're not kind of borrowing the language of the world to to think about this thing biblically, but but kind of anchoring it in the Word of God and the language of scripture. and so you know our our collective relationship with technology, uh, I think it's important to realize it's it's part of creation. Uh, you know the Bible talks about a creator, creation, we are creatures, we have creativity, and, and so from there we can kind of get a our bearings about our relationship with technology. You know, in one sense, God says that his creation is good, uh, very good. But we also realize that uh, creation is uh, a shadow of what it was made to be, what, it, what God designed it to be. So it's it's good, but it's fallen. Uh, you know, we look at Scripture and it tells us that uh, God has in mind for us to embellish creation, uh, to, to work it and care for it, develop it with our own creativity. Which is kind of amazing to think about, uh, but then in between, as we're you know looking at um, what all of Scripture says, we realize that we can use our creative efforts uh, for bane or blessing. Uh, we can use it to be a, a helpful tool, or it can become an idol that we worship. So it's amazing if you look at Scripture with that lens of creation and creativity and creatures. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about technology. <laughs>
0: How can or how does our relationship with technology evolve both collectively, you know looking at the North American culture and individually as well
1: from a really big kind of 30,000 <laughs> 30, foot view, uh, mm-hmm. our relationship with technology you know one thing that many scholars have written about and talked about is just that it's become more powerful, and sort of the the tools that we've created. Have have grown in their capability and their their power, you could say. So just think about you know historically, the Bible talks about you know making bricks, um, and and bricks are a technology. But the, the the technology that we use now, it's not just bricks, but but bricks that are able to to make skyscrapers. Um, the technology of long ago would be a, a carved stick used for hunting or war. Uh, but then you look at you know swords became a thing then guns but but now bombs uh, same thing um something as simple as a lamp you know you would light your home with a lamp and oil uh, and now we use light bulbs but it's fueled by nuclear power and so you just look at the the evolution of technology over the generations and it's just it's become more powerful and and i guess the result of that then is Older iterations of technology could influence just one person or maybe a couple people, a small group. Its impact was pretty limited. But suddenly we're dealing with technology that can can really alter whole societies and cultures and kind of move history uh, in a way that, you know, basic bricks and sticks and lamps couldn't really do. So it's it's definitely it has changed um, over the generations, you could say.
0: Sure, something as simple as a lamp being technology uh, that that we use and how it how our relationship with that um, evolves over time. Just you know we think okay, a lamp it seems pretty simple, innocuous whether we're talking about an oil lamp or an electric lamp today, but that certainly impacts how we live our lives on an, and what we do on a daily basis, right? Because without it, we would probably just be mostly active during daylight. And then when it's dark, there, there's not much else to do, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: That. No, and and, and it uh, these technologies kind of fall into the background and, and they become invisible. So we don't think of their impact. But exactly like you said, um, uh, whether it's a lamp with oil uh, or a light bulb, suddenly that that technology and that ability changes kind of everything because then, then you're not dependent upon the the sort of liturgies of the seasons and sunlight. Instead, you're just dependent upon, do you have enough oil or energy to to create your own sunlight? Um, and so it becomes this, this totally different thing. I, I think it's um, Robert Frost talks about uh, electricity and lights as a, an assault on the, the nighttime sky. And it becomes this thing where just suddenly you're not dependent upon daylight. Uh, You set your own time and and patterns. Um, And and that can have, you know, benefits, but it can certainly kind of change how we relate to God's rhythms and plans for his creatures.
0: Hmm. Well, the Bible doesn't speak of five G towers. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the first article in this series is faith and five G. Uh, for those not familiar with five G technology, let's let, let's let's lay out a definition of that first before we dig into um, this intersection of of faith and five G.
1: Yeah, so five G it's it's the fifth generation or the fifth iteration you could say of um, cellular technology. And, and over the various generations of cellular technology of 0G, 1G, 2G, all the way up to 5G, You know the basic trajectory is just it's gotten uh, faster uh, and more powerful, uh, kind of like what I was saying more broadly about technology as a whole, uh, that it has built on the previous generation, sometimes incrementally, uh, but sometimes you know the different generations of of cell phone technology have have jumped in huge kind of paradigm shifts, but so five G is is being presently rolled out, uh, and people are able to uh, get that from you know cellular carriers, uh, but in the same sense, it's not fully realized um, its full capabilities and, and potentials.
0: So, what does this mean for those of us who use uh, that technology, who who use smartphones, who use mobile devices and uh, other things that rely on that technology. What does this mean for us?
1: Yeah. It, one of the biggest things is that it, it means the ab- amount of data you will be able to transfer uh, and the speed of that transfer will be significantly faster. And, and in one sense, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Uh, so you can download YouTube videos faster, kind of so what, <laughs> but but at the same time, you know. We're talking, you know, massive changes uh, in speed as five G is fully realized, and what that then the, the ramifications are, what you're able to do with that. So, for instance, like autonomous vehicles uh, needing very high volumes of, of data uh, to be sent and received, uh, that would likely run on on five G, and so kind of like everything else with technology, that it will it will change its immediate context but there will be all these other capabilities that that are kind of not expected or you don't plan on them but they'll come out of it uh so virtual reality would be another thing that that what you're able to do with virtual reality connected to a 5G system you couldn't do that in in 4G or 3G uh but suddenly it will be very easy for people to do do remote zoom calls on VR or something like that um, something that you wouldn't really have even imagined now, but in the, the near future, it, it would be a possibility.
0: So the, the Bible doesn't speak about this type of technology that I'm aware of. I don't recall <laughs> no. reading about 5G technology in the Bible. What does this ever-increasing technology have to do then with our spirituality or our faith?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and and you're exactly right you know scripture doesn't talk about 5g but using the the language of creation to kind of think about technology and talk about technology if you realize that 5g is just an instance of human creatures using their god-given creativity to um, embellish God's creation suddenly you can find all these instances uh, that that kind of at least shed light on it uh, the one thing that I'm Continually struck by and we could talk about this for days, but I, I'm struck by the fact that uh, it's this perennial problem in Scripture. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 25 talks about this, talks about exchanging the truth about God for a lie, uh, worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. And, and I think that's a, a 5G is an example of this, but really all technology is an example of this. Uh, the, the best gifts of God. That, that human creativity that God has um, endowed in us, uh, the things that we're able to make because, because of how God has made us, uh, that great gift can so easily become an idol. Uh, and it's, it's um, C.S. Lewis, I think, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he says that brass is more likely to be confused with gold than, than clay. You know, and, and, and the good gifts of God, the, the best gifts of God, those are the ones that you got to be careful about turning them into idols. Uh, and I think, you know, human ingenuity and creativity and uh, dominion, all of these things that God has has given to us, uh, we have to be aware that it doesn't become um, an end in itself. It doesn't become our sole focus, our the thing that we fear, love, and trust in above all else. Uh, and so in that sense, you know, the Bible talks about all that. So it's not explicitly 5G, but it's not hard to make uh, connections to that
0: we're taking a look at the new series from the reverend trevor sutton on the new lcms uh the lutheran witness website uh, witness.lcms.org it's a new series that uh, recently launched on the witness website uh, looking at the intersection of faith and 5g faith and and technology and what does that mean we have to take a quick break when we come back from that break we'll continue our conversation with pastor sutton you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates dum 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 Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. Sarah's away today. Don't worry, she will be back. We are talking with the Reverend Trevor Sutton. He's pastor at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Hazlitt, Michigan, and also author of several books from Concordia Publishing House, including Why Should I Trust the Bible? And author of a new series on the new Lutheran Witness website, witness.lcms.org slash series is where you can find this. The, the first article in the series, Faith and 5G, a uh, great article that, that makes us look at um, the, the world around us and the technology that uh, we have in this world as part of creation and, and what role does it play in our lives and particularly in terms of faith. Before we went to break, Pastor, we were just talking about the 5G technology as it's it evolved from, from 1G to new G in the next generation, each generation, um, increasing in speed and uh, capabilities of what can what it can do. Our relationship with that, I think, as it's as it's increased in speed and capabilities, has changed as well. in terms of our uh, our relation to the, relationship to that has our dependency on it has increased, not only dependency, but uh, uh, how we regard that technology. Do you think that that has changed as well as that has increased in speed and capabilities?
1: I think so. And just thinking about, as we were talking, the the power, the speed of cellular technology, how it's grown over the years, I think about what, what we consider to be slow, uh, has shifted tremendously that if you just look at earlier generations of cellular technology, you know, what it was able to do, you know, a big breakthrough was text messaging, uh, and now we find that to be the most banal feature of a phone right It's just assumed that of course you can text and you know uh, a, a strictly um, SMS text message is pretty boring uh, and, and so I'm also intrigued by just the the subtle shifts that happen within us uh, as our technology grows more powerful uh, faster things like that and and what that's doing to our patients what that's doing to our our um, our view of the world. Uh, if you think about um, how fast things move now, and uh, how patient and slow God is in Scripture, that might be a, a disconnect. Those two things.
0: You use the uh, the example of in comparing the uh, the towers of the the, the new five G towers or the towers that we use for this cellular service, and the the uh, the pole with the the metal on it with the the, the serpent on it. You um, use a, a little bit of a, a comparison there in this first article, and I, idolatry being the, the, the subject of this. Have we have we made idols of this technology? Yeah,
1: I think a, a simple answer to that uh, is tough to tough to say. You know, but absolutely, we are prone to using this thing in an idolatrous way. Uh, so, yeah, the, the connection I make, it's from 2 Kings 18, uh, the Nehushtan. Uh, and this was going back to when God's people were in the wilderness uh, and they're being attacked by these um, serpents. Uh, and God directs Moses to to put a serpent on a pole and have the people look to it. Uh, and that is their, their salvation from these serpents. Uh, and then we find out, kind of fast forward some generations, uh, and the people are worshiping this thing that was never meant to be an object of worship. Uh, but suddenly they've turned this good gift of God into an idol. And so, you know, are these poles, these five g poles that that are so ubiquitous in our life and in our world and and the cellular technology that you know we sort of always have with us everywhere we go? Um, is that an idol? I don't know because that's kind of a disposition of the heart. Um, but but I suppose a way to find out if it's an idol is to um, fast from it and see how that goes. <laughs> and um, if you can't turn your phone off for more than an hour, uh, perhaps that thing is taking up too much space in your in your heart, your mind, and your soul. Uh, and that's becoming the thing that that you fear not having that you love perhaps more than anything else and and you trust your um, livelihood and social standing and everything else on on that thing. So certainly, it's it's a danger that it can become an idol.
0: And I think that's hard for us to to distinguish what is an idol in our lives because we would say, well, certainly we're not we're not bowing down and worshiping these five G towers like they like they were worshiping the the uh, the the. The serpent on the the pole on the the stick, we're we're not bowing down and worshiping it. What, how do we know when something has become an idol? How are, how do we know when when uh, we have idolatrous behavior in our lives?
1: Yeah, one of my favorite examples. Uh, this comes from literature, uh, Gulliver's Travels. Uh, but we hear about Lemuel Gulliver, and he um, ends up on the shores of this place called Lilliput. Uh, and they're these tiny people that are kind of a a strange, you know, folks that have never seen someone like him. He's a full size human and they observe him and just watch everything he does. And, uh, he has his pocket watch and as they're watching him, they've never seen a human. They've never seen a pocket watch, but they observe that he doesn't do anything without consulting it. So he wakes up first thing in the morning. He checks his pocket watch before he has a meal. He checks his pocket watch you know, before he goes to bed, it's the last thing he looks at just all throughout the day. And they come to the conclusion that this must be his God because he doesn't do anything without consulting it. Uh, and as I, I think about, you know, cell phone usage, how 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 often do we wake up and the first thing we set our eyes on is our phone. And uh, before we go to bed, the last thing we see is our phone. And uh, everything in between, you know, you, you check it before doing a million different things at it it buzzes or dings and we, you know, sort of uh, faithfully respond to whatever it's telling us. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but um, if somebody observed us with our technology and they didn't know what it was, what conclusions would they come to? Um, and might they think this thing is your God just based on how you interact with it? I fear the answer is probably yes for a lot of us, myself included.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some sometimes we might say, "Well, but I'm using that for I, I, my phone is helping me stay connected to others. It's it's how I stay connected to uh, members of my congregation or to my family and friends and and know what's going on in their lives. It's um, I I get um, you know from social media I find." Um, uh, a daily Bible verse and things like that, that uh, encourage me in my faith. I- is it idolatrous if I'm using it for those things?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great uh, kind of corrective in this. And and as we talk about technology, we have to always keep in mind that that language of creation that uh, God has declared his creation. Good. God has, has given us the ability to um, create and create well And so, no, it doesn't have to be bad. And I think that's the key kind of balancing act is is realizing um, what are healthy patterns of of relationship with technology. And so certainly uh, the things you've talked about, uh, using it for engagement with others, especially in this kind of COVID-19 era, uh, using it to engage in scripture, uh, all of those different ways um, are instances where it's a non-idolatrous use. Uh, But I suppose you know, again, the, the the thing I'd mentioned about fasting and you can get your scripture uh, through other means besides <laughs> your phone. And so you can certainly um, turn it off for a day and uh, engage in, in a, a print Bible and um, engage in God's word nonetheless. Uh, another thing that's interesting uh, is a, a philosopher, his name is Jacques Alul. And he talked a lot about uh, technology and he talked about how we technology um, inhibits intimacy uh, because it's usually you and the, the, the thing uh, you and the, the, the TV screen, you and the computer, you and the phone, you know, you and the earbuds, it kind of makes intimacy a challenge, but then we ironically try to use technology for intimate things. And so, um, you know, we, we, we use technology to have zoom conversations or to text people uh, and so we try to ask it to do something that it's really not that good at doing. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right that uh, this doesn't have to be bad, but there's so many temptations for us to use it poorly uh, that we have to be ever vigilant and and mindful. And I think just having the conversations and and being critical in our use and, and how we think about it and talk about it.
0: Pastor Sutton, what can we look forward to in your series on the new Lutheran Witness website?
1: Yeah, so I've got several other articles that are uh, being discussed uh, or or technologies that are being discussed uh, talking about uh, artificial intelligence, um, AI, uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, the Internet of Things. So having your oven and your refrigerator and your thermostat talking to one another. Uh, We're going to talk about um, facial recognition and uh, the ability for uh, cameras to be able to identify your face and connect you to a whole database of information. Uh, And then also virtual reality and uh, where that's going to potentially lead us uh, individually and and, and as a
0: society. I'm intrigued. I'm hooked. (laughs) Can't wait to to read more in this series. witness.lcms.org slash series is where you can find Pastor Sutton's series on this intersection of faith and technology. Thank you so much, Pastor Sutton, for being my guest today on The Coffee Hour.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.